All right, so today we have the privilege of hearing from Amelia, who leads that wonderful River Kids uh, program. And so would you please welcome her. Thank you, Charles. <clears throat> Good morning, my name is Amelia. And as Charles said, I'm the children's program director here at the River. <laughs> Thank you. There's a children's book that I find very inspiring. It's called Ordinary Mary's Extraordinary Deed. This book is about an ordinary girl named Mary who was walking home from an ordinary school to her ordinary house when she stumbled upon ordinary blueberries. When she decided to pick them for her neighbor, Mrs. Bishop, she started a chain reaction Mrs. Bishop, inspired by Mary's act of kindness, decided to bake blueberry muffins and surprise five people in the neighborhood with them. Each of these five people was so touched by Mrs. Bishop's kind gesture, they decided to do their own acts of kindness to five different people the next day. So the paper boy was so grateful that he handed newspaper directly to each resident instead of just throwing them in the bush. Mr. Mori was so amazed that he smiled for 10 hours in the airplane and helped five other passengers with their heavy bags. Ordinary people doing kind yet ordinary things. And each of those five people they, help, they, they also committed to do a kind thing for, for five other people the next day. You see where I'm going with this. And so on and so on. So what began as one small deed turned into a positive ripple effect throughout the community and beyond. Mary changed the world. Now I thought it would be fun to make guesses together. There are currently over 7.8 billion people in the world. How long do you think for Mary's one act of kindness to spread and multiply to the entire world's population if each person commits to doing kindness to five different people in their lives? I have three options. Who here thinks that it will take about a year or maybe it will take about several months. Who here thinks it will take less than one month? Well, apparently, it only takes 14 days to reach 6 billion people. By day 15, we could reach 30 billion people. So if everyone continues to pass on their ordinary kindness, we will have plenty of love left over. Thanks to the exponential function, y is equal a to the power of x. <laughs> I know I'm being nerdy here, but I found this very fascinating. We have probably heard that our modern Western lifestyle is individualistic. In an individualistic society, we encourage self-expression. 
So diverse thoughts and background and experience and appearances are welcome and celebrated. It is part of what makes our society beautiful and rich. And thanks to our focus on personal development and independence, the U.S. has been a significant contributor to various industries. We're talking about entertainment, science, uh, technology, sports, and politics. It is reasonable to argue that our pursuit of the American dream contributes to many advances and innovations, many individual successes, and world-famous figures. At the same time, there are some significant downsides to our individualistic approach. Some of the concerns include loneliness. A report by Harvard University finds that 36% of Americans report experiencing serious loneliness. 36%. The US Surgeon General calls loneliness an epidemic that is more widespread than any other major health issues in the country today. Loneliness also leads to another concern, a decrease in unity and lower empathy. When people are more self-interested, there is a reduced sense of support and connectedness that can be present in more collective communities. Besides affecting our mental and physical health, this individualistic approach to life also affects the way we experience and express our faith. When I first came to the United States, I encountered a curious experience. Someone stopped me on the street and asked me a question. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? And I thought this was interesting. I grew up in a Christian home in Indonesia, so I knew who Jesus was. I just, don't, I just didn't know that I was supposed to make such a proclamation about this Jesus. Jesus knows me. Isn't that enough? And what does it even mean to have a personal Lord? So I hastily answered, mm, yeah. Then this person said, okay, and left. <laughs> I was very confused. When someone asks you a personal question, usually the intention is to make a connection with you. So I was expecting some follow-up questions. <laughs> Not that I wanted to sit on the street and chat, but there were none. This person moved on to the next stranger on the street. I almost felt like he had a mission and no time to waste. And I was unhelpful. Another question that I've also been asked was, do you know where you're going if you die tomorrow? Again, I did not know how to answer that. And to be honest, I think neither do most people. So this experience led me to wonder about the gospel 
the message of Jesus, how it has been perceived in this culture that we are in, and if we could reimagine a new way of looking into the gospel, what it means to have it and then to share it to the world. Here are some questions that I've been wondering. Is faith just the personal journey? Make sure you know your Jesus, then stay faithful and do all the right stuff. And make sure you tell your loved ones too. And then send them on their way. Are we really tasked to convert the entire world? I don't know about you, but telling someone that they will be eternally punished unless they believe what I believe, that just sounds silly and scary. I can only imagine the amount of anxiety and guilt that could come from such a mindset. Isn't the gospel supposed to be good news to all people? And is the gospel just about the afterlife? Can the gospel care for our needs right here and right now? We cannot answer all this question today, but hopefully in this sermon series, Gospel Reimagine, we get to explore new ways of looking into the gospel together. Today, let's look at one of the stories from the Gospel of Matthew. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said, and he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men, besides women and children. What an incredible story. A miracle. Now, I do believe that God can still work miracles, even today. The gospel is full of stories of miracles and healings of Jesus. However, the point of all these stories is not simply that Jesus has divine power. It is not for us to be astounded that Jesus can turn five loaves and two fish to satisfy the hunger of 5,000 and more. That is pretty amazing. 
But what Jesus does, quite simply, is to feed the people. Jesus does not dismiss our needs. He is moved by his compassion for us. Imagine the setting here. Jesus was tired. He was about to retreat to a quiet place. He could have said, look, I've done my job here. I taught and I healed the sick. I understood my assignment. Now go away and get something to eat. This is what his disciples wanted him to do, to send people on their way and take care of themselves. And then this is also something that we, as religious people, often do too. I've told you about Jesus and how to get safe. Now go on and live your life. We do not want to carry the guilt of possibly causing someone their eternal doom, but making sure that no one in our community goes hungry or the sick among us receive appropriate medical care. Yeah, that's not really my problem. We miss the point of what being Jesus' followers should be about. The disciples themselves missed the point. Being a follower of Jesus is not about adopting a belief and then being convinced by the miracles and healings that this is the right way. This is the right way to believe. Being Jesus' follower is about participating in the expansion of God's unconditional love. It's about being a part of a community of compassion. That is why the teaching wasn't enough. Listening to sermon religiously or even receiving personal healing can only do so much. Jesus said, we can't send people away. You feed them. You and them, all of us, are needed in the expansion of the gospel. Not so much to gain converts or new believers, but because unconditional love needs people. Relationships are the mechanism by which agape is manifested. It is through this action of caring and sharing that the food is multiplied, right? The love is multiplied. Lives are being changed. The kingdom of God is expanded. And when it comes to love, love is more than words. There are many ways to share them. If food is your love language, cook a meal. If you like being outdoors, maybe you can take a walk with someone. Be a sh shoulder to cry on. Give someone a hug. Make sure get, you get some too. Carry someone's grocery. Call or text someone today. It is in this community of compassion that your ordinary gift, your ordinary self, becomes extraordinary. Faith is both personal and 
collective experience. And this is expressed in the commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So the miracle in the story is great. It is amazing. But personally, what I find to be more beautiful and powerful is this collective faith experience that Jesus put into motion. This is what expands the kingdom of God and expand our life right here on earth. So here are a few practical suggestions of how we, can, we too can be a part of this expansion. One, invite others and take up invitation to be in each other's lives. This could be tricky if you're an introvert like myself. And there are times when Jesus did take some time to be with himself or to be with God. You can do this too. Taking some time alone is sometimes very necessary. But for our individualistic society, the helpful reminder here is to be with others. And this is one of the great gifts of church. Like the one we have here, a community of people in solidarity of purpose and meaning. Committed in sharing love and life with one another and the world. Number two, you can do amazing things right here and right now. Jesus replied, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed. Or people say, here it is. Or there it is. Because the kingdom of God is in your midst. When we are aware of the presence of God that is in us and through us and with everything, this can really free us to live lives of radical change. Instead of hoping, let someone else do it, they're better at it, or let God does God's miracles, we will begin to recognize our own power and role in our community. Instead of saying, but I only have five loves and two fish. We would say, but I have five loves and two fish. Jesus took the bread and blessed it. But I wonder if the food multiplied as the basket was being passed around. If the food multiplied because of the participation of everyone present, because of the power of love that lives within them, because of their cooperation with the Spirit of God and the power of the universe, we have a miracle. The more we share, the bigger it gets. 
In this world that we live in, we have a perception that resources are limited. Resources are like a piece of cake. The more you divide and share it with others, the less you're going to get. And this scarcity mindset makes us anxious. We become individualistic and competitive. But in the kingdom of God, if this is your mindset, the more you share, the bigger it gets. Imagine a candlelight. The more you share and pass it on, the bigger the light gets. The whole world gets brighter. Jesus said, to seek first the kingdom of God and everything else would be added on to you. Our resources for love, our resources for joy, for peace, for comfort, for security, for everything that we truly need are abundant. There's more than enough for everyone. And if we take on this mindset of abundance, the mindset of the kingdom of God, maybe it could ease our anxiety a little bit. Maybe we could live life more freely and give more generously. Maybe our ordinary gift could actually change the world. When you meet people here, you typically ask, hi, how are you? Any plans for the weekend? It's cold day, isn't it? In Indonesia, instead of asking questions about what you have done or what you may do, the more common greetings are like, Sudah makan belum? Translated as, have you eaten? <laughs> or you would say and greet somebody, mari makan, which means, join me eat. It's a way of checking in with you and your immediate needs. It is about committing yourself in an act of ordinary kindness right there and then. Now, most people would respond, oh, I have eaten, thank you, out of politeness, even though their stomachs are grumbling. Because if you said yes, a polite follow-up would be, let me get you something. Now, for the majority of the time, this may be politeness and courtesy, but it does give us a different perspective of how people relate to each other in a more collective community. I can't be eating if you're hungry. Join me. There's enough for everyone. And that is faith. Statistically, not everyone will have the opportunity to save the world. But we can do one ordinary act that could create positive ripples in the community and create a world that is more connected and compassionate. When we see faith as a collective experience, there's no gift to small or to ordinary. We could make an extraordinary impact. 
Let us close in prayer. God, thank you for this wonderful community, for the wonderful gift of being together, enjoying each other, and sharing lives. Teach us daily your compassionate ways and bless our ordinary gifts so that we can continue to be a caring and supportive presence for each other, for this city, and for the world. Amen.